chapters four and five of English as she is wrote by Anonymous. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter four by correspondence. From a butcher at Burhampur, India, to a customer. To His Highness, Kid Esquire, the humble butcher, now's Roney, rest spectfully showeth that for your honor has sent a good beef, one rump and pleased to take it, and pay day-labor of bearer coolly, as your obedient butcher shall ever pray. From a scholar in India to his master. My dear sir, I humbly beg to inform you, please, to give me leaf for one week, because I cannot walk with my feet, I am very uncomfortable. Give my compliments to my master. I pray to God for everlasting life. I am your humble servant, Shabart Lal. From an Indian schoolboy. Benevolent sir, the wolf of sickness has laid hold on the flock of my health. From an Indian clerk. Sir, being afflicted to the stomach and vomitang, I am sorry I cannot attend to office today. From a Canadian lady to an eligible gentleman. Dear Mr. B., I, Mrs. Wigston, wish you would call on my daughter Amelia. She is very amusing and is a regular young flirt. She can sing like a honeybee, and her papa can play on the fiddle nicely, and we might have a rare hoe-down. Amelia is highly educated. She can dance like a grasshopper looking for grub, and she can make beautiful bread. It tastes just like honeybee's bread, and for pumpkin pies she can't be beat. In fact, she's ahead of all F girls, and will make a good wife for any man. Yours truly, Mrs. Wigston. Bring your brother. From a schoolboy to the elder Booth. West House School, Prospect, New York. Dear Sir and Friend, Hearing that you was going to come to Utica to perform in a play called Hamlet, I would like to say that us boys is getting up a exhibition for the benefit of diseased soldiers and their widows and orphans, and would like to engage you to do the leading part. I have talked it up with the boys, and we will do the squire thing by you, and I am arterized to make you the following offer. We will come down after you with a good conveyance, and will give you at the rate of ten dollars a day and board, and shall want you one week. If you think it necessary, you can have one or two of our best women actors to come up with you, but we can't pay them over three dollars a day and feed. You can have some fun at a hunting deer and foxes around Flamberg's and Ed Wilkison's. Please let me know as soon as you can. Yours truly, James Sweet. If you come callating to hunt, get Frank Meyer's hound, she is a good one. We subjoin several letters received by a New York publishing house. Blank, Louisiana, November 18, 1880-something. Dear Sir, I have seated myself down to pen you a few lines in regards off your high degrode textbooks. Sir, I wish you would forward to me in the next mail a catalogue off all of your educational old and latest published books in market. I stand in need off a good set of books, and when I receive your catalogue, I will send on immediately and get a selectest outfit of your books. 
by so doing you will oblige yours and etc dear s r i saw a small list of yours embraces standard works in every department of study and for every grade of classes from the primary school to the university i desire to have correspondence with you and as i taught school for through three season in the ninth district of fuentress county tennessee and i quit imit with cooper and our country need instruction and except we get the implement for instruction we may always expect ignorant turn over mister i want you to send educational list of your standard works and also a copy book that i may instruct my studentes more correctly and i proffer to take agents if it is not contrary to law if your work can sold without paying tax or leason and oblige yours truly joel e atkinson school teacher nine district fuentress co logan finch charles atkinson j hall e school directors in my district days dear sir i want you to send me a catalogue the emblem book and tell me what it will cost i think i can sell as many as fifteen be sure and give the price that is what they want to know dear sir i received your copy october ninth eighteen eighty one if you charge anything for composing them letters write to me and i will pay will send it by mail in one cent stamps you need not to think i want to swindle you out of one cent i will do everything i say i will do so if you will write and give the price of the emblem and the love writer and chart and key of the spencerian system and they like i will get up a subscription and send the money for them immediately dear sir tell me what is the emblem of a red rose and a white rose of a boca dear sir wilt please send me a description of your outfit of books and give me one or two i dies about the catalogue price of your english latin greek french and spanish italian hebrew and syriac books to my address i has issued out orders bought commission etc my trustee tell me that only two d v z and in new york at the time it febby the fifteen my no of books is twenty-five and i desire one complete example of your best books if you can convene furnish my needs right at once i will be more and obliged to you looking by every mail for your returns soon so please your truly servant i am dear sir my name in full blank dear sir understanding that you possess some influence among the board of directors of your fine books and for useful learning for schools i beg to solicit your interest for me i want to purchase some useful books and messers please send me one of your catalogues you will obligdy much in so doing and far my friends i will tell you i have a great many of relatives who would wish to purchase some book if could be bought from you below price my friend you must excuse my hasty note for the small time was at hand and also my friend you must excuse my lead pencil write my soon friend i will close and will show you that you will be remembered by sirs your obedient and faithful servants blank sir i now write to you to ask you information on book lines sir i have seen some of your books and the suited me very much on educational 
and sir i did suspect to start to teach school in the same ward and i wanted to get a fennel resortment of of books and i wanted to get my books from you and i wanted like to know how you would reply me them and i hope when you received this letter that you would write right away at once and give me the full address how to send for these books and i want to know whether i give you the right address sir your friend blank would like to read a letter from under your hand and i want you to please to give me your address of all kinds of books that you have i expect to start school soon and i had much applications by pupils that lives a rounds in the sections where i lives says if i gets the books they would buy them from me i hope that you would write as soon as possible and let me know so i can write again and please to send me some of your paper so that i can read them to the people so them can believe that i did wrote here when you write please to direct your letter to blank so i hope you will write soon and please fail not to send me some of your papers and direct me how to get money to you when i send for books fail not to direct your letter to blank post office so i have no more to write i will close and remain your truly friend m alabama october thirteenth eighteen eighty one dear sir dear friend will you please send me one line of capitals letters one line of the small letters and show me the space how far up and how far down and write and tell me what the chart and fray with cost the chart of the standard system is the one i want there is eight men I have shown your copy you sent to me. They say they intend to have one chart apiece. Dear sir, I have been talking with several young men about love writers. I want you to compose three letters consisting of love and poetry. Write one as though you loved her and want to marry her. One as though she had slighted you. The next one, as you think best compose them, and send them to me, and I will show them to the boys I am satisfied they will be sure to buy. Letter to an Editor Dear Sir, The historic apple that tossed about and struck Sir Isaac Newton landed finally in revealing its inner nature its hidden meaning, not only as a consolation, but also of universal utility in all scientific branges or out of the symbols of the ancient world up to the real discoveries of the present time proceeded the solution of the relation of the eternal time motion and distance which set forte the discovery of the generational cosmological parents of this planet are discovered that these can be seen by all mankind resp letter received by a cotton broker flat town december thirtieth Messrs. J. W. and Company, Sir, Gentlemen, The shipments from this out the balance of the season will be for more on the count. Last year was a short crop, and two weeks early than this season, and people sold right straight along here last season, and the biggest and best farmers this season are holding looking forward to bigger prices. I have gathered eighty bales, and fifteen or sixteen more in the field yet to pick, so you see when i make my estimate in this county they are a power of cotton on the fields yet to pick and a great eel in houses not gined up yet just act as if those deals were your own should you close them out just credit my account with the profits 
but don't close them out until you think it has touch bottom, then I want you to buy me the same amount, but don't buy till you think it the right time, and then should you see a profit in it, turn it loose without ever consulting me, if it clears up cold, we will have killin' frost, but it can't hurt here, for the crop is made. I remain yours very truly. Another Letter to a Cotton Broker Misters W. W. and Company Sir Gents I have gust got in form the west, and find your letter stating that corn had touched bottom, which I do think myself it has, but it has advanced so much now, I don't know that it would pay me much either way now. Had I been at home, I should have closed out, and of bout the same amount was my ID. We are from ten days to fully two weeks backwards with our crops owing to our wet weather, but that don't say they won't be as much made as was last year, while we are backward there are more fertilizers used than where last year, and more acreage our country is in a better condition to make a crop and I expect the West generally that way at the same time, I am only one neighborhood. Please let me hear from you more fully on the matter, hoping to hear from you soon, I remain. Yours very truly, I will act according to your counsel. A Georgia merchant received a short time since the following order from a customer. Mr. B., please send me one dollar worth of coffee and one dollar worth of sugar, some small nails. My wife had a baby last night, also two padlocks and a monkey wrench. Chapter 5. By the Effusive Professor Huxley is credited with the assertion that the primrose is, quote, a coral of floral dicotyledonous exogen with a monopetalous corolla and a central placenta, end quote. A reporter with a large imagination, writing about the decoration of a church at a fashionable wedding in this city, said that, quote, the church was ensconced in flowers, end quote. A scientific writer defines sneezing as, quote, a phenomenon provoked either by an excitation brought to bear on the nasal membrane or by a sudden shock of the sun's rays on the membranes of the eye. This peripheral irritation is transmitted by the trifacial nerve to the gasserian ganglion, whence it passes by a commissure to an agglomeration of globules in the mandula oblongata or in the protuberance. From this point, by a series of numerous reflex and complicated acts, it is transformed by the mediation of the spinal cord into a centrifugal excitation which radiates outward by means of the spinal nerves to the expiratory muscles. End quote. The school committee in Massachusetts recommend exercises in English composition in these terms. Quote, Next to the pleasure that pervades the corridors of the soul when it is entranced by the wiling witchery that presides over it, consequent upon the almost divine productions of Mozart, Haydn, and Handel, whether these are executed by magician concert parts in deep and highly matured melody from artistic modulated intonations of the finely cultured human voice, or played by some fairy-fingered musician upon the trembling strings of the harp or piano, comes the charming delight we experience from the mastery of English prose and the spellbinding wizards of song who by their art of divination through their magic wand, the pen, 
have transformed scenes hitherto unknown and made them as immortal as those spots of the orient and mountain haunts of the gods whether of sunny italy or of tuneful heroic greece a farmer's daughter expresses herself in the following terms dear miss the energy of the race prompts me to assure you that my request is forbidden the idea of which i awkwardly nourished notwithstanding my propensity to reserve mr t will be there let me with confidence assure you that him and brothers will be very happy to meet you and brothers us girls cannot go for reasons the attention of cows claims our assistance this evening unalterably yours the following is probably the longest sentence ever written containing as it does eight hundred words i propose then to give your readers some description of this old yet still strange and wild country that has been settled for three hundred years and is not yet inhabited a land of shifting sand and deep mud a land of noble rivers that rise in swamps and consist merely of chains of shallow lakes some of them twenty miles long and two miles across and only twelve feet deep of wide sandy plains covered with solemn sounding pines of spots so barren that nothing can be made to grow upon them and yet with a soil so fertile that if you tickle it with a hoe it will laugh out an abundant harvest of sugar cotton and fruit a land of oranges lemons pomegranates pineapples figs and bananas whose rivers teem with fish its forests with game and its very air with fowl where everything will grow except apples and wheat where everything can be found except ice yet where the people with a productive soil a mild climate and beautiful nature affording every table luxury live on corn grist sweet potatoes and molasses where men possessing forty thousand head of cattle never saw a glass of milk in their lives using the imported article when used at all and then calling it consecrated milk where the very effort to milk a cow would probably scare her to death as well as frighten a whole neighborhood by the unheard-of phenomenon where cabbages grow on the tops of trees and you may dig bread out of the ground where below the frost line the castor oil plant becomes a large tree of several years growth and a pumpkin or bean vine will take root from its trailing branches and thus spread and live year after year where cattle do not know what hay is and refuse it when offered so that the purchase of a yoke of oxen is not considered valid if the animals will not eat in a stable and where in the mild winter when the land grass is dried up horses and cattle may be seen wading and swimming in the ponds and streams plunging their heads under water grasses and moss where many lakes have holes in the bottom and underground communication so that they will sometimes shrink away to a mere cupful leaving many square miles of surface uncovered and then again fill up from below and spread out over their former area where some of them have outlets in the ocean far from shore bursting up a perpetual spring of fresh water in the very midst of the briny saltness of the sea where in times of low water during a long exhaustive dry season men have gone underground in one of these subterranean rivers from lake to lake a distance of eight miles where the ground will sometimes sink and the cavity fill with water until tall trees that had stood and sunk upright 
will have their topmost branches deeply covered, where rivers will disappear in the earth and rise again, thus forming natural bridges, some of them a mile in breadth, where instead of spring, summer, autumn, and winter, there are two seasons only, eight months summer and four months warm weather, where the winter is the dry season, and the summer almost a daily rain, where, in order to take a walk, you first wade through a light sand ankle-deep, and then get into a mud-puddle, and some of these mud-puddles cover a whole county, where no clay is found fit for brick-making, and people build houses without chimneys, where to make a living is so easy a task, that every one possesses the laziness of ten ordinary men, every one you wish to employ in labor says he is tired, and would seem to have been born so, where ague would prevail if the people would take the trouble to shake, where a large orange tree will bear several thousand oranges, leaves, buds, blossom, half-grown and full-grown fruit all at once, and every twenty-five feet square of sand will sustain such a tree, where in many parts cold weather is an impossibility, and perpetual verdure reigns, where the everglades are found, covering many large counties with water from one to six feet deep, with a bottom mud-covered, yet underneath solid and firm, from which grasses grow up to the surface, a sea of green, and with islands large and small scattered over the surface, covered with live oaks and dense vegetation, where alligators, or gators as they are called in Florida parlance, possess undoubted aboriginal rights of citizenship, and mosquitoes pay constant visits and are instructive and even penetrating in their attention to strangers. An Irish paper contained this account of Mrs. Siddons' appearance. On Sunday, Mrs. Siddons, about whom all the world has been talking, exposed her beautiful, adamantine, soft and lovely person for the first time at Smock Alley Theatre in the bewitching, melting, and all-tearful character of Isabella. From the repeated panegyrics of the impartial London newspapers, we were taught to expect the sight of a heavenly angel, but how were we supernaturally surprised into almost awful joy at beholding a mortal goddess? The house was crowded with hundreds more than it could hold, with thousands of admiring spectators who went away without a sight. This extraordinary phenomenon of tragic excellence, this star of Melpomene, this comet of the stage, this sun of the firmament of the muses, this moon of blank verse, this queen and princess of tears, this Donellan of the poisoned dagger, this empress of pistol and dagger, this chaos of Shakespeare, this world of weeping clouds, this Juno commanding aspects, this terpsichore of the curtains and scenes, this proserpine of fire and excitement, this caterfelto of wonders, exceeded expectation, went beyond belief and soared above all the natural powers of description. She was nature itself. She was the most exquisite work of art. She was the very daisy, primrose, tuberose, sweetbriar, furze blossom, gilliflower, wallflower, cauliflower, auricula, and rosemary. In short, she was the bouquet of Parnassus. When expectations were so high, it was thought she would be injured by her appearance, but it was the audience who were injured. Several fainted before the curtain drew up. 
when she came to the scene of parting with her wedding ring, ah, what a sight was there! The very fiddlers in the orchestra, albeit unused to melting mood, blubbered like hungry children crying for their bread and butter, and when the bell rang for music between the acts, the tears ran from the bassoon player's eyes in such plentiful showers that they choked the finger-stops, and making a spout of the instrument, poured in such torrents on the first fiddler's book, that not seeing the overture was in two sharps, the leader of the band played it in one flat. But the sobs and sighs of the groaning audience, and the noise of corks drawn from smelling-bottles, prevented the mistakes between sharps and flats being heard. One hundred and nine ladies fainted. Forty-six went into fits and ninety-five had strong hysterics. The world will scarcely credit the truth when they are told that fourteen children, five old men, one hundred tailors, and six common councilmen were actually drowned in the inundation of tears that flowed from the galleries, the slips, and the boxes to increase the briny pond in the pit. The water was three feet deep. An act of Parliament will certainly be passed against her playing any more. Few poems have been more generally admired or paraphrased in the various tongues of earth than that commencing with the lines, Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, this lamb was sure to go. The story is current at the national capital that Mr. Evarts, when Secretary of State, on one occasion, in a jocular crowd of his friends, was desired to condense into prose these immortal verses. Urgently solicited, Mr. Evarts yielded and wrote as follows. Mary, a female, judged to be of the race of man, whose family name is unknown, whether of native or foreign birth, of lofty or lowly lineage, and whose appearance, manners, and mental cultivation are involved in the most profound mystery, which probably will never be fully ascertained unless through the most profound researches of an historian admirably trained in his profession, who shall devote the ablest efforts of his life to the investigation of the subject, uninfluenced by either passion or prejudice, and having only in view the sacred truth, at the same time being utterly regardless of the plaudits or censures of the world, we are informed by one who, it has been stated, at one time while living in that part of the United States of America known as Massachusetts, whose fishermen have frequently been involved in difficulties with the authorities of Her Majesty Queen Victoria, Queen of Great Britain and Empress of the Indies, whose domains extended over a large share of the habitable globe, thereby endangering the peace which should so happily exist between nations of the same blood and language, had an infant sheep, of which there are many millions of various stocks and qualities now in our country, constantly adding wealth and prosperity to our republic, and enabling us to be entirely independent of all other nations for our supply of wool, now ample for the use of factories already busily employed, and for those which ere long will be constructed in all parts of our land, working both by water and steam power, and in whatever direction the said Mary travelled, this animal, whose fleece was snow-white, even as the lofty mountain regions in the silent solitudes of eternal winter, as the ethereal vapors which oft float over an autumnal sky, darkly, deeply, beautifully blue, 
or as the lacteal fluid, covered with masses of delicate froth, found in the buckets of the rosy dairymaid, whether meandering through the meadows in midsummer, gathering the luscious strawberry, strolling in the woodland paths in search of wild flowers, visiting the church with her uncles, cousins, and aunts, to listen to the inspired words which come from the lips of the minister of the sanctuary, or when retiring to her blissful couch to seek rest and enjoy sweet repose after the cares and labors of the day, in fact, everywhere that Mary went, this youthful sheep, influenced doubtless by that affection which is oft so conspicuously manifested by the lower animals in their association with human beings, was ever observed to accompany her. End of chapters 4 and 5 Recording by Tricia G.